and pray for Carl as he preaches. Thank you. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, uh, kind of reminds me of what I went through when I went in, was in college. I, I kind of pulled the nighter. <laughs> so forgive me for being late this morning, but, uh, well, you know, I got the, the sleep was so good, I was dreaming that I was with you, but then that was not the right thing. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Okay, let's uh, turn our attention to Matthew 25, verses 1 through 13. <clears throat> this is a passage that uh, I've always been a little curious about. <laughs> I thought, well, that would be a good place to go for this morning. Matthew 25, verses 1 through It's something that I have to remind myself of here. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like... Ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them, or enough oil with them, as it were. The wise ones, however, <coughs> took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom <coughs> was a long time coming. And they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out and meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. No, they replied, they may not, <clears throat> there may not be enough for, for both us and you. <clears throat> Instead, Go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him, in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later the others came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door. But he replied, truly I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore keep watch. Because you do not know the day or the hour. You may be seated. I was wrestling with what the, what the title of this, and my wife, as brilliant as she is, came up with a good one. You ready? Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. <laughs> Let's say that together. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. You know, uh, <clears throat> I'm sorry about my throat. The, uh, the recent Supreme Court decision uh, was a great triumph, not only for life, but for constitutional government. I'm, I'm, I'm concerned that this country has entered into a post-constitutional phase. And uh, we're in serious trouble, uh, not just for the unborn, but even for those who are already born. We see an increase in violence, and we uh, get concerned about those kind of things, as we should be, and we get tied up in these things, uh, as we should be, be concerned about these things. But why do we 
concern ourselves with these things because our primary objective is to bring glory to God. So whether we <clears throat> protest or sing or do work in the community and whatever, we have to remember that the ultimate object of what we do is to bring glory to God. You know, when I first came to Christ, I, uh, I expected Jesus to return at any moment. Thank you. I expected him to return at any moment. I'd, I'd look up to the sky and I'd see, look at the clouds. So is that the one he's coming on? And as the years passed and I got involved in ministry and other things, I kind of lost sight of that. I know he's coming, but I kind of lost sight of the immediacy of his return. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, some of you already know that in my early life as a Christian, I didn't know the hour nor the day that Jesus returned, but I knew the week. But I don't know anymore. Because <laughs> I, I read my Bibles. So here in this passage, the idea of the Messiah as a groom is a familiar theme. Uh, in the Old Testament, God often portrays himself as the husband of his people. Remember uh, Hosea? Remember that? that was a, that's an incredible story. Uh, and since Jesus is God with us, it is clear that he is the groom in this passage. So what was the focus of this parable? It was not the oil and the lamps that uh, distinguished the wise from the foolish. Because they, they, they all came with lamps filled with oil. But the foolish did not forget, they did forget, uh, you know, they didn't, not, they didn't forget to, just to bring oil. They just only had enough oil for the lamps that they were carrying. And uh, instead, the delay of the groom shows us that the amount of oil the foolish ones had was not enough. The focus of this parable then was, was on the groom's delay. That was the point, the groom's delay. And the point of this parable, can you guess? Stay ready. So you don't have to what? Get ready. Okay, all right. Uh, you'll have some other opportunities later on. <laughs> this parable is the third in a sequence of parables. There are five parables in this particular uh, long passage, but I'm going to focus on three. And each of these parables uh, deal with some aspect of watchfulness or awakeness, okay? But watchfulness is not always passive. Uh, there are important things that must be done while we watch. It's just like the Bible tells us to wait on the Lord. But as we wait on the Lord, we must work for the Lord. It's not, not a matter of sitting around twiddling our thumbs. And so the overarching theme of, the, of, of, of this parable is to be prepared for the coming of the Son of Man. That is so important. And I think sometimes in our Busyness and everything, we begin to think that Jesus is about to come back. These parables call us to be faithful in behavior, 
in light of Jesus' return. Now let's look at that first parable I mentioned. I said it's a, 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 a series of three. The first parable is found in the previous chapter, Matthew 24, verses 20, uh, 42 through 44. And in this parable, he warns us of the unexpectedness of his return. Quote, therefore keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour of the, uh, of the Lord's return. But instead, but, but understand this, if the owner of the house had known what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you must be ready because the son of man will come in an hour when you do not expect him. I realize that that's the exact time he's coming when we least expect him. In this case, foresight and wisdom are indispensable. Since no one knows what time the thief would strike, constant vigilance is required. And so we must be ready at all times because the return of Christ will be like a thief. So what's the point here? Be, stay ready <laughs> so you don't have to get ready. All right. The second parable is found in verses 45 through 51 of chapter 24. And it shows us that, that we should actively obey Christ as we watch for his return. Verse 45. Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master puts in charge of the servants uh, the servants of his household to give them their food at the proper time. It will be good for that servant whose master finds him, doing, finds him doing so when he returns. Truly I tell you that he will put him in charge of all of his possessions. But suppose that servant is wicked <clears throat> and says to himself, my master is staying away a long time. <clears throat> and he begins to beat his fellow servants. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> and to eat and drink with drunkards. The master of that servant will come on the day when he does not expect him. And at the hour he is not aware of. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It is sinful to be senseless and inactive. It is by grace to be watching and waking. To watch does not just mean believing that Christ will return. Everybody believes that, or at least they should. It means to be, to desire his return, to ponder his return, to always be conscious of his imminent return. Whatever you do has got to be salted with that consciousness that Jesus is coming at any minute. <clears throat> our, our wakefulness is in vain if we do not get ready. We don't know the time of, of, of his return, but we know that his return is certain. It will come quickly without warning, so Jesus tells us to be on the lookout. Now, don't be like the disciples at the ascension. They were just looking up at the clouds and the, and the angels said, hey guys, 
stop staring. <laughs> Let's get busy, right? Remember that? My translation, my translation. <laughs> so the return of Christ will be when we least expect it. And when he comes, he will display his glory. He will humiliate his enemies. And he will maximize the joys of his people. If Christ finds us asleep and unready, we will suffer loss. And it will not be the result of robbery, but the result of his judgment. If Christ finds us awake and ready, we will have great fulfillment and peace. The end of one mercy will be the beginning of the other. The end of one joy will be the beginning of the other. If we are not watchful and ready, we will begin to think that his delay is never. And when you start thinking that and forgetting that Jesus is coming back pretty soon, you know what happens to the servants? Remember that wicked servant? He began to beat his fellow servants. Brutality broke out. Meanness, cruelty, even against our fellow believers. All right. <clears throat> the point of this parable is stay ready so you don't have to get ready. <clears throat> now, the third parable is the one we read. And we are looking at, uh, in, in this, it stresses the need to be prepared in the case of an unexpected delay in Christ's return. So, I'll give you one more chance here. <laughs> what do you think is the point of this third parable? All right, all right, all right, now. Now, let's look at the marriage ceremony customs of that day. You know, I, I used to read this, this thing. I didn't quite understand what was going on. I'd been to weddings before, but I'd never, I didn't understand this thing with the lamps and all that. So I did some digging. All right. First of all, the ten virgins were bridesmaids whose role was to assist the bride. That's what it was. It's a big wedding. These are bridesmaids. So we all know what that is. And the groom would gather his close friends at his house. Maybe that's where the bachelor party came in, right? No, no I don't think this bachelor party was quite as wild as some others I've heard of, all right? <laughs> and after some, of the, after some of the festivities, they would leave his house and go to the bride's house. So there would be this procession of people going to the bride's house. The marriage ceremonies would take place at the bride's house. And this will be followed by a procession through the streets back to the groom's house. So you got it? So the groom would be with his friends, having a good time. Then they process to the bride's house, right? And then the ceremonies would take place there. Then they would process back to the groom's house. The procession was usually after nightfall. And the bridesmaids were expected to meet the groom as he came from the bride's house. And everybody in the procession was expected to have a lit lamp. And anyone without a lit lamp, lit lamp was assumed to be a party crasher or even a criminal. You get this? 
And thus the groom was justified in excluding them. And hence it was wise for the bridesmaids to have an extra supply of oil. And hence, in the case of the marriage ceremony, in case the marriage ceremony lasted a little longer than expected. You've been to weddings. You know how sometimes things can go on and on and on and on. Okay. All right. Now, the post-marriage festivities would begin once the procession arrived back at the groom's house. First, there will be a lavish banquet. And then second, there will be joyous celebrations to follow, lasting many times for several days. So let's make some observations about this. Both the wise and the foolish uh, bridesmaids dozed off while they waited. Their drowsiness, I don't think, in this passage was not the main issue here. I mean... Look at me, I was sitting on my computer and I, I, I dozed off. <laughs> That's why I was late. <laughs> the only distinctions between the two groups were the following. First, the wise bridesmaids brought extra oil just in case. The foolish bridesmaids had no extra oil at all. These bridesmaids had a preconceived idea about the timing of the groom's arrival. They were like me in my early Christian days, you know. I knew the week when he was coming back. (laughs) By the way, if he came back when I thought, most of us wouldn't be here today. (laughs) Praise God for his grace, right? All right. Um, So, and once... The oil ran out. If you know about kerosene lamps and stuff, once the oil ran out, the wick itself would burn brightly. Have you ever, uh, you know, when a light bulb goes out, you know, you turn on the light, it says, real bright, boom, it's gone. You ever notice that? That's the situation here. The wick, when it starts burning, it burns brightly. But the bright flame dies out very quickly. The second distinction. The wise bridesmaids were prepared for the groom's delay. The foolish bridesmaids were not prepared for the groom's delay. They expected to meet the groom on their own timetable, not his. Sadly, the foresight of the wise bridesmaids could not help the foolish bridesmaids when crunch time came. If they had shared their oil, all their lamps would have gone out. The wise bridesmaids knew that being prepared could not be transferred and not shared. So when the groom finally showed up, the results of their decisions was was revealed. The wise bridesmaids were able to join in the procession and enter the groom's house for the lavish banquet. The foolish bridesmaids had to hurry to uh, 7-Eleven or wherever to, to buy oil, right? Okay. And once the groom's door was shut, the wise and prepared joined in the festival 
joyful ceremonies, and the foolish and unprepared latecomers were left outside to weep and wail. And their intense cries were to no avail. So what's the message here? The refusal to admit the foolish bridesmaids was not a cold rejection of their lifelong desire to enter the kingdom. The, bride's, the bridegroom was not being mean here. It was not a rejection of their desire to enter the kingdom. Instead, it was a justified rejection of those who never prepared for the coming of the kingdom. Now, what is God telling us today? That's right. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. All right. So let's put, put all this together. When Jesus tells us to keep watch, it does not necessarily mean merely to keep woke. Ooh, that has some double entendre, doesn't it? <laughs> the ability to fight off sleep is not what Jesus is talking about because they both fell asleep. The real message is this, be prepared, keep watching, because Jesus is coming when we least expect it. Tomorrow, the foolish will see the need for grace when it could have saved them. Today, they do not see the need for grace when it can sanctify them. Don't be foolish and unprepared for Jesus' delay. What? Stay awake, stay, stay, stay ready, so you don't have to be, get ready. So picture the end here. When Jesus returns, he's gonna ask, all set? And if we, were, we are wise, our joyful reply will be, you bet. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for this word, this challenge you've given us. Uh, we ask, Lord, that you will give us the wisdom to be ready, to stay ready. We don't want the tragedy of trying to get ready when it's too late. Lord, we have a lot of concerns. We're living in a time where there's a dramatic increase in Christian hostility. Uh, I, I just shudder to think about what's going to happen as people try to retaliate for this court decision. I pray, Lord, that you will keep us ready so we don't have to stay ready. Don't, don't have to be ready. Lord, we, we ask that you will give us the wisdom not to be surprised by the hostility because after all, you told us that we would suffer this. After all, look at what you suffered. We just pray, Lord, that you will keep us mindful that you are Lord and you are coming back and you are going to balance the books. Don't let us be like the foolish ones. Lord, give us the grace to be the wise ones to be mindful, to be watchful, to be busy, 
bringing you glory. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.